0: everyone to another episode of Modern Day Wizards. I'm Callan and today I am joined by James Cordner, the host of Hitchhiker's Guide to Truth. And I think I've been on your show at least twice. Is it twice or is it just once? I can't remember.
1: We did We did once. Um, okay. I want to say either super earlier this year or was it Not last that. year?
0: Yeah, it seems like a long time ago, but I was I was checking in recently. I'm like, wow, you've you've really taken this thing quite a bit farther from where you had before. So I'd say really nice job. And you're you're on the one great work network. You interviewed Mark Passio. I think it was like your last interview or something like that. So good job. Yeah, man.
1: Uh, I did another interview earlier today. Excuse me. Well, uh, somebody else interviewed me earlier today and then. Uh, so now I'm, I get to talk to you and I'm really happy about that because you're one of the first people that I really interviewed. Uh, and it's just great to be on the, on the, uh, you know, on here with you again, and
0: yep. to be able to talk to yep. you again. Glad to have you. So I just want to mention, I don't know if people can notice, but I have a, a net in front of my face. I'm wearing a bug net. I live outside. So in case anyone was wondering what the heck's going on there. Okay. So. You mentioned that the topic that you would like us to cover for this one, and you know, it felt good to me, although it's a little bit of an intimidating topic, to be honest. The topic is the black pill. So black pill can mean several different things. So what do you mean when you're saying black pill?
1: Well, what I... <clears throat> excuse me. I don't know what's going on in my throat. Um, uh, anyways, we'll power through. When When I say black pill, what I mean is that you have first, like, you know, you, first of all, you got to understand that, that the black pill can only be, can you can really only be taking it if you've come to the rear, like if you've woken up, so to speak. So it's, it's as if you realize all of these problems, but you haven't breached that wall into the realm of solutions. Um, so, you get stuck in this pit of despair thinking that everything is just doom and gloom. And that is typically the characteristics of a person that I see with, uh, this whole black pill, the notion of taking the black pill. It's a, it's a kind of defeatist, almost nihilist, uh, mindset.
0: So it's kind of you, you recognize the way the world is and you, you, your conclusion that you've come to is that it is bad and also that there's nothing you can do about it and you're not even going to try. So is that basically what you're saying the black pill is?
1: Essentially, yes.
0: Do you have you or have you ever taken the black pill?
1: Uh, I believe in my early twenties I was um you know I've been kind of privy to certain things here and there questioning authority and you know kind um, of never really buying the narrative so to speak along the way I however was very much stuck in a defeatist uh, mindset <clears throat> excuse me one second I got some water okay Anyways, I was, yes, I was very much stuck in a defeatist mindset for a long time. Um, Woe is me, nihilism type of uh, attitude. Um, And so, yeah, it's a tough thing to break out of, for sure. You kind of have to get kicked a a swift kick in the pants, you know.
0: Are you broken out of it?
1: Oh, yeah, I've been broken out of it for a long time now, ever since my son was born. Uh, that was kind of like when I, my eyes were just peeled open to the backs of the backs of my head, back of my head. And I was like, Whoa, like my wife and I just create like, yeah, she was pregnant for 10 months. Um, but I just witnessed a human being come out of the body of another human being. I watched the whole process. I watched the whole labor, the whole birth. I was there in the room for the entire thing. I didn't leave my wife's side. And uh, I, I watched him come into this world and at that moment when he made his first noise, I was like, Wow, um, there are such things as miracles. There are such thing there 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 is power in creation and I just I just participated in that and it changed my life forever.
0: Mm-hmm. So it it's, it made you see a point, right? To actually resisting and trying to change the way that things are. Is that right?
1: It's correct. Yes.
0: So, so it changed your basically how you're going to act at that point. But it, I could, I guess, I wonder, did, does it also change your optimism? Right. Because it's like, even if you think there's no chance, if you if you have something like that happen in your life and you are like, it doesn't matter if there's no chance, you know, I'm I'm going to do everything I can to assure or increase the likelihood that this child who is a miracle that I have brought into the life, which is more important to me than anything, will live in a good world. Right. So even if it is impossible, I may continue to act towards that goal just because I can't do anything else. But that doesn't necessarily mean that you're optimistic about it. So I'm wondering, are you optimistic?
1: Um, see, that's the tough one to be honest about. So there are days where I am. I'm, optimis- I- I'm optimistic that, uh, my, that my family and I will be okay. Uh, I'm optimistic that, that, uh, that we have the ability to take care of each other and uh, to support each other. Um, I'm optimistic in the effort that I'm, that I make on a daily basis to speak to people, to see if there could be a peaceful resolution to the chaos that we face every day. It's a chaotic world out there, whether, and you know what, to be completely honest, it's going to be kind of a chaotic world. Uh, in my opinion, I find myself thinking about this and I think that whether or not, um, uh, whether or not there is uh, an entity like the government or, or whomever in charge, right? If there's uh, uh, necessarily a, a group of people in charge or not, I, I still think that there will be that element of chaos because it, it's inherent in nature. Chaos in, is inherent in nature, so there will always be that. But the point is, is that we don't trade our freedom for safety, Right, so we understand that there's risk in life, and we welcome the risk. We take the risk because it's it's a teacher. So uh, I'm optimistic that the universe will operate the way that it should, and that uh, we can learn how to operate within it and to go with so, the current.
0: So I agree with all that you're saying there, although there's one kind of aspect of which is that, but the universe is always acting as it should in a way. And a lot of those ways that it acts are pretty horrific. Like, I don't, I don't, I don't want to like traumatize you or anything like that by really going into this, but I just point out like (laughs) you have children, right? So you're, you're extremely vulnerable to horror, right? Because the horror of your child is probably worse than the horror that the child experiences in a way, you know, it's just like, it's like the, worst possible thing that could happen to see your child be hurt, right? So you you mentioned that you're optimistic when it comes to your family, though you recognize that the world's probably going to be chaotic. I'm, I'm wondering where does the optimism about your specific situation come from?
1: Uh, ability, I guess, okay. would be the thing. Um, community, the particular community that I live in see them as reliable people. I've gotten to know them over the years and I'm confident that they, uh, they will choose the right thing over the easy thing. They've already done that in the past couple of years. They've proven to know how to choose the right thing over what's easy. Um, and so that's a big factor. And I, I live in the state of New Hampshire where people are very, very polite, uh, (laughs) <laughs> I, I believe that I believe that it's because that people are very, very armed mm. at the same time. I, I mm-hmm. do think that there is a correlation between an armed society and a polite society. I'm a big advocate for firearms. Yeah. Um, these are the things in my environment that are out of my control that I see. And that i that makes me confident in my ability to keep my children mm-hmm. safe, my wife safe mm-hmm. Because it's a teamwork exercise that we will keep each other safe. Uh, my wife and I would work to the benefit of our children. Um, so, all in all, it, it is a kind of tense situation, right? You're looking into the future and you see these outcomes, these possibilities, you know, but we gotta you know, stay courageous and you gotta st- still keep a strong, uh, strong will and do what's right over what is easy at all times. Mm-hmm. because that's the only way out of this mess. And if more people could do that, I believe, I really do believe, I say it all the time nowadays, it's kind of like my tagline, <laughs> but I do believe that if people started choosing to do what's what's right over what is easy, mm-hmm. a lot of the mess that we're in could be fixed pretty quickly. Yeah, uh, and,
0: I, think, uh, I think so too, but the question is, yes, if people made that choice on mass that things would work out. But for me, the question is, will they like, do I, if I ask myself, do I think they will? And I'm like, nah, I'm pretty sure they won't. You know, there's, there's pretty much no sign, you know, I mean, I hang out with people, you know, I talk to people like you and I'm, you know, and I watch lots of videos of people who are talking about what we're talking about, but ultimately when I go out and I interact with you know family or friends or, or things like that it's basically no one's even close to what what you just described and so if that was going to be what saves us it seems like that would have to come out of the blue somewhere just just from out of nowhere basically so yeah I just wonder like obviously I don't I don't feel super optimistic about it I mean for my own personal situation I feel optimistic but when I look at the world, I'm like, I don't, I don't really feel it.
1: Yeah, I, I am, I, I'm, I'm uh, a little bit in, in that camp as well about the world, you know. But I, I, in, my, in my surroundings, like in my immediate surroundings, I, I do draw optimism from what I witness on a daily basis with how uh, people are being helpful toward one another. And not being like, not being crab apples all the time, you know, it's, it's a very uplifting thing when you, even the smallest things, when you go to a store and you see somebody holding the door, not just for one person, but for like three people, you know, like small things like that. I I witness people all the time, oh, somebody might drop something and a complete stranger walks over, picks it up, you know, it's these types of little things that I see constantly that give me a little bit of hope you go yeah, okay people are are genuinely good they want to be decent people and whatever however when the shit hits the fan excuse me for cussing um oh, but please. when that but when that happens it will be different you know these little things that i mentioned they're not going to prevent you know people from being uh nasty beasts to one another right, when, R- right when that the person shit hits holding the, fan. the
0: door You know, a lot of people would do that type of thing and it's like, yeah, that's nice. But when that person is starving or their, their child is starving, you know, Mm -hmm. uh, their behavior is not going to resemble that in the slightest.
1: Yeah. I mentioned it. I, I mentioned it recently. I forget to who, but, uh, we were, uh, we, we were paying close attention to this most recent, uh, baby formula shortage. Our daughter, we don't use baby formula, but my wife is uh, pretty active in mom groups and was paying close attention to some of the things. And we were counting our blessings because uh, we don't have to use baby formula. My daughter is, uh, is still drinking breast milk and my wife is still able to make it and everything is fine for us. So when we were paying close attention to this baby formula situation that was going on, um, we noticed something that there were a lot of people willing to give up what they considered their extra. There were even, uh, there were even times where I was seeing offers of a wet nurse uh, happening and people selling their excess uh, breast milk to mothers, uh, sure, it was selling, but still it yes, wasn't and a hoarding and also it
0: was excess
1: <laughs> Well yes so it I, was I, the I'm surplus
0: situation where there really not very many people are going to have excess
1: well when uh, when so it's all situational, there are some women that overproduce and it'll go bad before they can use it so they give so they sell it. they sell it yeah, to bodybuilders can... mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. there's there's a lot of times where bodybuilders will Will buy uh, surplus breast milk from mothers who can't yeah. go through it fast enough. That's so these situations one of the best do food happen. You
0: could eat if it's a healthy mother. Yeah, I, yeah, mm-hmm. that makes sense. That I guess I'm just I just see it going worse than that. You know, basically. I'm sorry. I'm sorry to go down this road, but I mean, you did. You did. Uh, You did recommend the black pill as the topic. So let me know if I go too dark at at a certain point or something like that. (laughs) No,
1: go dark. Go dark because it's fine. I'm not, you know, I'm not afraid.
0: (laughs) Okay. So, I mean, I basically, so I was thinking about like, how do I, how do I talk about this topic? Because it's been probably almost a week that we've known we were going to be talking about this. And I was like, a part of me has this feeling of, I was trying to find like, how do I couch things? How do I turn it around so that we're feeling optimistic and like, like maybe things are good and stuff like that. And I just came to it like, but, but it's not good. It's it really simply is not good. And what would need to happen for it to be good does not appear to be present in the population as far as I can tell. And so then I'm like, But I still feel this like desire to try and make people feel good about it, and and I just it makes me sick to my stomach to 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 think that to to try and come up with a rosy picture when I know it's not. And I also I feel like it's actually really important. It's kind of like what Mark Passio has been talking about recently about how you you know one of the most important things you can do in self development is just to sit down and be completely honest with yourself and and face face the truth right and really just be there in that discomfort of that because that is important and in the same way like to look at the world and go it's really bad and like so bad that like sometimes when i think about it i almost want to throw up like that that bad like it looks really bad to the point and to the point where it's like where a lot of people i know are kind of to the point where they're like, they think about suicide. And and I, and I to me, I'm like, suicide is not even an option. Like, we are so backed into a corner. Suicide isn't an option, not because I'm a coward, because I don't want to be a coward or anything. It's just like, suicide makes it worse. You're not going to escape this situation through suicide. You are going to end up in another human body on this planet, and actually, you're going to be in a worse situation you are, than you are now, because you probably didn't even have a mother or something. You were some biological human born in some bat with, you know, some artificial uterus or something like that. And you're trained to brain to be part of an AI technology for the entire life. And so it's just like suicide isn't even an option. That's how backed into a corner we are. And I feel like if we're going to solve this situation, all of us have to realize how backed into this corner we are, how horrible it is. Absolutely horrible. And, feel it because we're not going to, we're not going to act as we should be acting if we don't recognize that we're in a really bad situation. So I don't know. That's my black bill. <laughs> so I'm basically, I'm basically saying, I feel like fear, a lot of people right now are like, Oh, we shouldn't embrace fear and stuff like that. And fear can be used to control people, but fear also is a motivator. And so for me, like, I almost want, I like want to encourage people to be afraid. I'm like, no, no, you, you should be afraid, right? Cause then you're going to act right. So do you, what is your, what are your thoughts on, do you think that, do you think we should try and be optimistic? Do you think that there's actually reason to be optimistic?
1: (laughs) Yeah, there's definitely, we should try to be optimistic. We, there are definitely reasons to be optimistic. Um, the reasons to be optimistic is just for the sheer fact, I know how it sounds, but for the sheer fact that we just really don't know what the, what the future is going to look like, we can enact our will to make it the future we want it to be. It's not too late. You know, I was told, I was told, uh, on a podcast recently that we're very, very close to being too late, but if we're not there yet we still have time to turn this thing around and yeah, it takes looking at this stuff right in the face and yeah, fear can be Frank Herbert said fear is the mind killer, right? And Dune Frank Herbert for the listening audience, Frank Herbert is the author of Dune mm-hmm. sci-fi novel. And he, in that book is as uh, the writer quote said fear is the mind killer. But we know in this, in this world, where we live, that courage is standing in the face of fear and doing the right thing, no matter how afraid you are. That's real courage. It takes willpower. You set your intent. I want to do this thing. And then you use your willpower to actually push through and do it. So we have the same. We have, uh, I don't know if you consider him a mentor, but you and I both share a proclivity for Mark Passio's work. And he has uh, kind of really stamped that into a lot of people's heads about willpower and being able to enact your will and to do the right thing. Yes, to so stop fucking lying to yourself. These things he says a lot. And I think repetition is key to really put it into people's heads to. Be like, yeah, you know, you got to have confidence too. You got to have self-confidence to be able to say, yes, I, yeah, yeah. I understand. Not only do I understand that, but uh, I'm going to follow through with those with those ideas. I'm going to actually enact. Them. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do this. And I, like I said earlier, I I step out my front door every day and I see the potential. I see. I just see it. I have my little, my little kids and they are going to have, they're, they're going to have some kind of future. There is going to be a future for all of us. Their future is a lot longer than mine, hopefully. And, um, it's my job to make it the, to prepare them and, uh, to do whatever I can to make it the best future for them as possible. So there's my, there is where I draw my optimism from, from just knowing that, that I don't have a choice.
0: Yeah. And honestly, that, that may seem like, you know, not a very good source of optimism, but I kind of feel the same way. It's just like, well, okay. So I'm backed into this corner and I have nothing. I can't do anything except fight against what seem like impossible odds. And as soon as I accept that and I, do it. I suddenly feel like I'm going to succeed. Like I just, I just feel it. You know, I just know that I am. And I kind of recognize that the world is going to go crazy, but I just, I feel like whatever it is, my, my story now is going to go the right way. And at the end of my life, I'm going to be happy with, you know, the choices that I made and, and what I attempted to do. Right. And whether or not even looks like it's going to matter, you know, I might go, I might be dying and it it seemed like, you know, I have, you know, it's not going to turn out, but, but at the same time, I, I feel like I have this knowing it's like, well, you know, we did our part and we know there are other people doing their part. And I have seen this type of magic work in my life. You know, when you commit to something and you commit to doing your part. That the universe comes in and, you know, conspires with you to put it all together. And so I just feel like at the end of my life, even if it's like the most pitiful death, it's, you know, not pitiful because of what I, but just like, oh, I'm dying and just, things still don't look good. You know, I'll still feel like, yeah, but I'm okay with it. I feel like I at least did my part. And in the very least where I'm going to go after this, you know, I don't deserve if, if there's any sort of scales of justice, you know, post life that I will be judged to have done a good job because I made, I made the right choices. Right. And so even if the world's not going to make it, I feel like I'm, I feel okay. I feel good. So that's kind of my personal escape from the, from the black pill. I feel like
1: that's good. Yeah. You know, you can't get so stuck in it. Then there's no progress. If you're if you if, if you're stuck in that that black pill mentality, the the nihilistic defeatist mentality, then there's no progress being made. And like it or not, we live we share this reality, and it is the lack of progress on each individual's part that actually holds the rest of us back um, from being able to kind of you know reach that wall to get, to get past the, to get this next step in, you know, the conscious development of humanity done and mm-hmm. over with it's people not recognizing the ability to have progress or the opportunity of progress. That's going to be the thing that holds us back. It's the resistance in our evolutionary, a conscious evolutionary, a conscious evolution. Sorry. It's getting a little late, <laughs> but it, <laughs> It's uh, it's fine. It's fine. I assure you. Um, so I really do think that it is very, very, very important for people to be able to look at the ugly, right? That's like the black pill notion of the black pill is that uh, you're going to stare at the ugly. You're going to look right into the abyss, you know? So the saying goes, you look into the abyss for long enough and the abyss looks right back at you. You know, that's how you get stuck, but it takes willpower and that's, I can't say it enough. It takes willpower and a very, very, uh, you're going to be tough skinned. You know, you have a tough mind to be able to where break free.
0: Someone, where does someone get that
1: <laughs> from within?
0: But so what if they don't have it? Like, is it, is it, is it a choice thing or is it you either have it or you don't have it?
1: I think it's a choice.
0: So you say anyone could make the will the, the the willful choice to put all of their available energy into a better a better world, basically.
1: People use their free will every day to make the decisions that they make to carry them through their lives. A lot of the times they're making free will decisions to do the wrong thing. They're ignoring information that's presently available in an age of technology where there's no excuse. And that's what I mean when I say that they make the choice.
0: Why do you think they make that choice instead of the other? Because ones?
1: they're cowards. They've been conditioned. <laughs> they've been they've been conditioned they've been conditioned to hate themselves. And they've been conditioned to get their to get every inf- bit of information that they need to know from a guy in a white lab coat or a, a teacher in front of a chalkboard or some talking head on channel 5. And so they don't want it.
0: You say coward and coward is sort of a a blameworthy title. And then, and then you describe it as being because they were brainwashed. So what do you think the ratio is here in terms of responsibility? You know, is it the white lab coat, you know, the, the, the sorcerers of this world who have been ruling for thousands of years, who are hundred percent culpable for what's going on? Or do you think the individual people are hundred percent culpable or what's the breakdown?
1: I think that what I, I think that what uh, what needs to be addressed is the fact that that we live in an age where there really is no excuse. Uh, the willful ignorance is it's just not. It's there's no excuse for it. If you have a question about somebody's motives, you have an ability to go and find some kind of answer. You don't need to. People have this technology and they're misusing it. So yes, they're, they are uh, brainwashed and they're cowards because at the same time that they're being brainwashed, they also have the opportunity every single day to answer questions and it's a logical fallacy. We know that it's an appeal to authority that you're just going to slide on by through life without ever critically thinking that is on the person, not on the, they're, they're the ones that are morally culpable for that action because they're the ones that are in charge of their free will choices. Ultimately at the end, that's who's in charge of your free will choice. It's you, no one else. You choose to turn on the news and listen to the talking head on channel five. That's your choice. You're, you're the one morally culpable for that. And they'll be the ones morally culpable for, for using their free will in a way to work alongside these sick psychopaths that want nothing but to control us. So it does work hand in hand. There is kind of a split ratio there to answer your question directly. It is in, you know, off the top of my head, not really uh, something I had much forethought into, but, um, thinking right now I'd say it's pretty damn near split, but I mean, the, at the end of the day, I want to say it's a little tipped into the, uh, little tipped in, uh, to the, to the way of. The individual and the the ignorant individual who doesn't use their free will wisely, and they yeah. choose to it's abdicate kind of like the they... responsibility of preparing themselves to be able to intellectually defend themselves against these people that are poisoning their worldview, and they they choose to just eat KFC and watch Channel Five, and yeah. get their next booster while they eat a fucking six piece McNugget. It's so how's that?
0: Yeah, And they, and it would be fine. Honestly, for me, it'd be fine if that's the free will <laughs> choice they wanted to make, except all of them are making that choice with kind of the implied like, OK, I want to be a slave. And I'm like, OK, you can be a slave. I'm fine. I'm I, 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 Actually, I think that that's a horrible choice that you're making, but I'm not going to stop you. I'm not going to forcibly stop you from becoming a slave. But in order for them to become a slave, and I think that they understand this at a very unconscious level, right? They understand that they want to be a slave and that in order for them to be a slave, that everyone else has to be a slave too, even if they don't want to be a slave, Mm -hmm. but they still choose. So they're saying that me and you have to be slaves because it's so important to them that they can be a slave. And that is evil. Right. And, and so first of all, it's evil. Second of all, they're they're backed into a corner and they're not actually recognizing the situation and they, they what they're doing is they're ignoring it so that they don't have to feel it right now but really they're still in that shitty situation and they're going the wrong direction they are they are definitely going into a worse place which it it's just like you only have one choice right you either. Go in the direction of out of hell, basically, right? You have to walk out of hell and walking out of hell sucks, especially, you know, depending on how deep you are. Right. And this is the reason why I think people don't, they, they snooze, they hit the snooze button on this and they, they stay in, you know, actively ignoring the truth to the point that they're even willing to make you and me slaves, right? Because they don't want to have to walk out of hell. But they're going to have to at some point. You know, there's no. You have to turn around. It will get infinitely worse, and it doesn't matter if you die. You're going to ke- come back here, and the only way out is for you to say, "Okay, I'm going to turn around now." And basically, and that's basically choosing truth, no matter what. And truth includes the fact that there's such thing as right and wrong in this world, and admitting that you were actually working for evil, right? And, and basically being repentant, you know, it's important to recognize when you've done something wrong and say, oops, I really wish I had not done that. I'm definitely not going to do that again. Right. And so I think there is something important about the idea of repentance. And, you know, I think both you and me have gone through that, that phase in our life where we made a really radical shift. Right. And that's kind of what everyone has to do. I kind of feel like this whole thing, the whole world going to shit thing is the whole point of it is to force people to have to make that to, to basically have to turn around and start walking out of hell. Right. Cause it's just going to mm-hmm. keep getting worse. You're going to have to do it. And so I don't know, maybe it'll get bad enough that enough people will just suddenly snap out of it, even though it didn't really seem like they were until I don't know. <laughs> Anyways, what do you think about that?
1: The, the, um, the, the, what would you call it? Like a metaphor for wa- the walking out of hell, what you were saying about walking out of hell. So there's a thing called divine intervention that it ex- it's, a it, it's happened to me uh, a couple of times and it's kind of like synchronistic synchronicity, um, nature's wink where it's a hint. An opportunity that comes along, and everybody experiences it. It's just whether or not you're conscious of it, and it's your an opportunity to make a decision. You're at a fork in the road, and you go left, and there's more suffering. or you go right, and there's salvation. Mm-hmm. A lot of people, a lot of people go the left hand path, you know. So yep. the idea is, is that to, um, again, enact the willpower to never give up, and to keep trying to reach people and say you can be good you can be responsible you can do these things you are capable you are very very capable
0: and- right and obviously that we, we are it's me yeah. the only reason that we think that we're not is because we were clearly brainwashed to believe that right it's just it's like when you come out of it it's so obvious you're just like I can't even believe but but at the same time I remember being in that fog Of like, oh, yeah, there's no such thing as right and wrong. And she's like, it's all, you know, it's everyone's truth. Everyone's got their own truth. Right. like, that's obviously not the case.
1: It's a matter of, yeah, it's a matter of perspective. Yeah, Uh right and wrong. Well, a matter of, so ability is a matter of perspective. You know, what's right for somebody to do, maybe for their livelihood, is a matter of perspective. But right and wrong, objectively, like an object, you know, like uh, what you are doing, the acts that you that you commit, are they right and wrong? Same goes for everybody. I mean, you and I know this. We've been we've been uh, it's been hammered into our heads, and it does make sense. And this is not this was taught to me before Mark Passio ever came along. So just for the record, like I, I grew up in kind of a a Catholic setting, a Christian ish kind of setting with traditions like that, you know, kind of put in my head about differences between violent and violent action and defensive action from a very young age. And, uh, so I mean not everybody does go through that part of, of, you know, so my, my background is more just so being, you know, kind of depressed and seeing the world as such a beautiful place and wondering why other people don't see it that way and turning to drugs and alcohol because of other traumatic events that happened within my years. But um, long and short of it is, is that some people never really are solipsists or moral relativists. They don't, they don't that that programming doesn't take to some people, um, mm-hmm. so I'm also I, knowing that I'm also optimistic about that. Now, if some you know, it doesn't mean that they're on the straight and narrow, they could still be led astray and in the wrong kind of uh, I don't know. I guess you could say wrong kind of social setting, wrong kind of institution. They could be a part of you know a, a church that's corrupt, you know, a religious that's corrupt, a religion that's corrupt you know, some sort of, they could even be a statist. They could, they could, they could be so close to being a, an, a like a, a very moral person, but they subscribe to statism. Well, now you're dealing in moral relativism. So you're 99% of the way there, but you can't, you can't let go of that last 1%. You know what I mean? Um, yep. so I don't know, walking out of hell, you know, it's, we get opportunities all the time. All the time. You just got to recognize it.
0: Why? First of all, I wanted to mention that, like, making that choice to walk out of hell is not an easy choice because...
1: No, it's not. from
0: From that perspective, it feels like you have to do it. You have to walk out of hell all by yourself because you don't have any connection to, like, the creator, right, at that point. That's why you're in hell, Right. You don't have... So you're just like, I have to walk out of hell and I have to do it by myself. But the second you go, okay, but I'm going to walk out of hell, that's when, snap, now now you're like, oh, shit, right? Like, magic is occurring in my life and supporting me in my goal of walking out of hell. And that doesn't make it easy, but it certainly makes it a lot easier than you thought it was going to be before you made that choice. And you kind of have to... You have to make the choice to see it, to, to actually know about it so so basically but i wanted to ask you why is why is choosing commitment to truth and embracing the truth of natural law why is that the path what is it about that which leads you out of hell
1: the answer is right in the words natural law it's natural it's of nature we're of of nature we're living in it there's no escaping it. So you might as well live with it and not against it. So that is what that is. Um, that's the answer.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Long it's like of choosing, it. choosing harmony, right? With the way that things mm-hmm. actually are and the reason, the discordance, you know, of whatever frequency or, or consciousness or vibration that you were playing in the universe was so out of alignment with nature that it was a miserable experience.
1: I would also say that base, um, before we, before I lose uh, this thought, uh, what you said before about being, how difficult it is to walk out of hell because you're detached from the creator. You can never be detached from the creator. It's a impossible thing. It's impossible. All you can do is ignore the signs, the synchronicities, nature's wink. All you can do is ignore that You're going to keep getting them, but it takes a person at a very low conscious, low vibration of consciousness to keep ignoring that. So to say that you're detached from the creator, I don't think that that can be true.
0: I I agree with you. However, I just think that, uh, I mean, basically when I say detached, I mean that you feel like you're detached.
1: Oh, okay. Yeah. Like you, like you're all right, I, I I feel what you're saying. I'm picking up what you're putting down, dude. Cool,
0: cool. <laughs> All right, so would you say so? Basically, embracing truth and natural law. Do you think like there's anything like? Is there anything more to say about that choice of walking out of hell? Like, like, w- like advice that you have for people, or, or what do you expect to see, or what do you anything?
1: There is a such thing as a support system on your way out. Um, and there is no shame and maybe relying on some people on your way out. It's important to know to not make a crutch out of these people that could come along and want to help you. Eventually you're going to have to walk on your own is what I'm getting at. So that is one thing people should look forward to is finding a community, finding a support system, finding people that do want good for you mm-hmm. and to um, let that person hold your hand for a few minutes and help you. It's a very big thing to dissolve the ego and accept help is a very, very big step. It's the one step that holds a lot of people back because they fail at making it. So that's my advice about, about, you know, about that is just how to start. And then the rest of it, it's different for everybody, but it'll, it'll start making sense for you and your role and what you're good at. And, you know, and it'll be easy for you, but don't become somebody else's problem Mm -hmm. and don't, and don't, and don't shy away from admitting uh, that you might have some problems. Mm-hmm. takes a lot yeah, of courage. Yeah.
0: Walk, walking out of hell is difficult because you, you know, you're going to fall, right? You're going to, you're going to go backwards, right? Is your various addictions that I've had in my life, you know, that I, it's not like I just dropped them, right? It's like, okay, no. a year later, suddenly, oh shit, you know, this again, you know, and it wasn't, it wasn't as bad as it had been before. And every subsequent like failure is always less and less, but you know. it's not a comfortable situation, but it it does seem like it's always going in the right direction.
1: It's not supposed to be comfortable. What's comfortable is what got you into the mess. You know, like I was talking with, I was talking with Mark the other night. We were talking about, um, my newest mantra about doing what's right instead of what's easy, no matter what, no matter what. And that doing the easy thing is what got us in this mess. So, there's only one road to go down, you know, Robert plant from Led Zeppelin said it, you know, what did he say in stairway to heaven? He said, uh, there are two paths you can go down, uh, but in the long run, there's still time to change the road you're on. So Mm. (laughs) it's, Mm. it's a little bit of a, it's a cheesy line, but it it kind of sticks out.
0: Yeah. I think that, that fits perfectly. Um, honestly, I think that's a good way to wrap up the conversation. Uh, I'm, you mentioned you wanted uh, there was a you have a conference coming up, I think in September, or maybe there's two conferences. Do you want to talk a little <clears> bit about <throat> that? Uh,
1: yeah, I'm I am or a co-organizer of a conference coming up in September, September 24th, 2022. Uh, we're going to be holding the inaugural Shattering the Illusion Conference. It's a one-day online event, completely free. Uh, you just have to make an account, which with whatever, uh, platform you decide to watch it on. And, uh, that's that, um, go. So there's a pretty good lineup of speakers. So it's a one day online event about, uh, natural law, true anarchy, consciousness, mind control, and the occult. Um, there will be elements of each one of those topics, uh, embedded within, uh, within, uh, the speaker's presentations. And we have about 10 speakers and that will be a pretty good day. Um, we have Chris Jansen, Ivan Oyola Jr., myself, James Cordoner, uh, J- uh, Jennifer Rose, Joe Murray. We have um, Mark Devlin, uh, Mark Passio, Nathan Redette, Sean McCann, and Will Keller. Uh, so... The we also are going to be having a new song from a hip hop artist named Diesel Automatic. Uh, he and do Joe you guys, Murray are.
0: You guys know this guy.
1: Yeah, Joe Murray and Diesel Automatic are friends. Joe Murray is a hip hop artist. He's a conscious hip hop artist, uh, and he's also a part time podcaster. He loves he loves to he loves to focus on his music more than anything. But he's down to get on a podcast and and uh, spit some truth and some natural law to some people out there. He's a very cunning linguist, and I really <laughs> appreciate. Yeah, you like that, don't you? And uh, <laughs> uh, but it, it, it's the truth, nonetheless. The dude is a wordsmith, and he he knows what he's talking about. And he and I teamed up, and we're doing this conference together. And we invited all these speakers and. Uh, we invited Diesel Automatic, and Joe, are, those two are teaming up to write a song for the conference. It's going Their song is going to be called Shattering the Illusion. It's going to be the, a, a, an embodiment of the conference and what we're setting our goals to be. So like I said, September twenty fourth, two 2022. If anybody listening to this wants to learn more, you can go to shatteringtheillusion.info and explore the website because it's not just one page we set up a decent website can uh you can find everything you need to know about about the conference at that website and i'm sure Callan will provide a link in the show notes to that and uh i hope to i hope to see you all there i hope uh, and so there will be opportunities for the audience to ask questions to the speakers so we're setting that up and everything. So I'm really excited about it. So looking forward to, to that. Thank you for letting me talk about that.
0: Cool. Is there was there another one in September?
1: Yeah, Will Keller and the boys over uh, the the well, not the boys, but the I say boys like hey yo, what's up, guys? Yeah. But uh, Will <laughs> Will Keller, uh, who's uh, turning out to be a good friend, um, and even Chris Jansen, another another good friend. They're both at the at my thing, but a couple weeks prior to that, they have set up, uh, their own conference. That's their second time around with, uh, the, uh, freedom under natural law conference. This is, so it's, uh, acronym funnel F U N L funnel. So freedom under natural law, this will be funnel two. And the, uh, subtitle for it is convergence unity focus action. They have like 20 speakers. It's a two-day, September tenth and eleventh, and um, I'm not a part of that. But I'll, I will tell people about it because it's going to be awesome.
0: Yeah, great. And yeah,
1: oh, freedom, freedomundernaturallaw.com dot com for that one. Okay. Freedom, freedomundernaturallaw.com. dot com.
0: Yeah, so, it's uh, both of these are kind of people who are in. I don't know. I don't know what you would call the community, and uh, you know, not even all of them know each other. But it's kind of like. The core of these people, almost all of them are on the One Great Work Network, right? Including both you and me. Um, so, so basically, I would recommend, like, if you're, if you found this conversation interesting, this is the type of stuff that people on the One Great Work Network and the people at the conferences are going to be talking about. And, you know, I personally think this is about the most important stuff that we could possibly be talking about. So, um, if you want to add more people to your life that you're following, who are saying things that, you know, are pretty important, then I'd say, you know, check out these conferences, check out the one great work network. And then if people wanted to listen to you specifically, where, where should they go and find you?
1: I'm pretty much, uh, all over the place. Right. But it's, but I have my own website. It's called freeyourmindne.com. So the N E is for New England, where I'm from. And, uh, it's really just an effort, um, to expand the network of free your mind, uh, and to kind of raise awareness that we can take back our power and, you know, well, we never really could give it away. To be honest, we've always had it. So there's really no taking it back, mm-hmm. but, um, we are, as Bob Marley would say, able to emancipate ourselves from mental slavery. So that's my that's my endeavor is to help people with that. Um, so that over there at freeyourmindne.com you can find the bulk of my work. There's a there's a lot of uh, a lot of videos there, a lot of information there. I I would actually recommend that people go over to the literature page where I've uploaded like I can't even tell you how many PDF files of of books that you could read. I haven't read all of them, but they are up there and it's a lot of material that can help you get a um, more holistic view of just what's going on in the world. And there's, Mm -hmm. you know, some, uh, I think some survival, survival
0: guides there too. That's important too. Okay, cool. So is your podcast, the uh, Hitchhiker's Guide to Truth, is that on that website as well? Yeah,
1: uh, you can find it. Excuse me, I got like a frog in my throat. So a Hitchhiker's guide a, a hitchecker's guide to truth. Uh, yeah, you can find that at freeyourmindne.com. And you can also, you know, go to Facebook if you're if you're into that. There's a Facebook page where you can see all the live streams, or you can go to Odyssey or YouTube. I use Restream. I'm live every Saturday night at 9 p.m. Eastern Time. So that'd be six PM Pacific. And uh-huh. so that's every Saturday night. You can go to one great and see it there. Or you can go to odyssey, subscribe to my odyssey channel and, uh, it, you know, just re- whatever streaming service or whatever video uh-huh. online video st- service that you're looking at, just type in a hitchhiker's guide to truth and I'll most likely pop up yeah. and you can follow me there, like subscribe, do all that stuff. Keep up with uh, the live streams. Hop in the chat, too. Hop hop in the chat, you know, and and interact because that's an important thing. Yeah. Yeah. It's a lot of fun. And it's an important aspect of it because then there's a community building exercise going on at the same time, you know. And I am a very community-oriented guy. I like to know that um, I don't need people to listen. But knowing that maybe one or two people did proves that I'm not wasting my time with this. So... So well, there. I think
0: you're, I think you're definitely not, you know, that you're putting out really good content. I'm really very pr- impressed actually with how you're, how quickly you're coming along. Right. You're, Thank you. I, like you're suddenly like one of the most, I don't know, like I've been getting a lot from your, from your podcast lately. So I just want to say, I really appreciate that. And if you ever want someone to come hang out with you on your live show, I'm happy to do that.
1: Oh, definitely, man. You're, you're. I told you the first time. I said, you you have an open door. Open cool. door policy for Cal and Lee. All right. Anytime. I'm going to show up
0: to everyone now. <laughs> Forever.
1: <laughs> oh, that did, I didn't. I, uh, <laughs> cool. Oh, man. Right. You're fun. Yeah, this is fun.
0: Yeah, it was a good conversation. And I hope you'll come on again. And um, yeah, thanks for coming on.
1: Thanks for having me, Callan. Good to see you again, dude.
0: Yep. Take care. Mm -hmm. Thanks for watching. If you'd like to see more content like this, head on over to moderndaywizards.org. And if you're wondering, how can you be a wizard? Well, all you have to do is seek truth and share it.